Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. It's Star Wars Day, or as Bo York calls it, the best dang day of the year. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine. And on this week's episode, we have, uh, well, for pipe parts, I'm going to start answering a couple of the uh, seven questions for seven experts. And then in uh, for my guest, we start off with uh, the novice pipe smokers. Uh, this one is uh, Declan Pollard from uh, Singapore, so as, uh, as this show comes out, he's fast asleep, <laughs> hopefully, or waking up, either one. Uh, anyway, had a fascinating conversation with him. Uh, music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And yes, it is coming out on May 4th, or as uh, Star Wars fans have uh, taken to call this, uh, May the 4th be with you. Yeah, that's a thing. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, that is a thing, and it's uh, it's gotten to be quite a celebration around the world. Even though the movie came out on uh, later on in May, so figure that one out. But anyway, may the fourth be with you. Uh, don't forget, please continue to share the Pipes Magazine radio show with all your friends and Facebook groups, Zoom groups, wherever you are on uh, forums, whatever. Keep sharing the show out. Uh, love to love to have all these new had a whole bunch of new pipe smokers recently find the show and that is absolutely wonderful glad to have y'all but continue sharing the show out uh, JDRF auction items I've got a whole bunch of stuff in so thank you very much to everybody that sent stuff in and we are slightly delayed because of uh, Steve's uh, technical issues going on with his website so as soon as uh, as soon as those are ready to go out i will let you know much appreciated uh plus i'll uh, dig up a link for uh, anybody that just wants to do cash donations which are always appreciated so all right let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in and here we go There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, the seven experts questions. So the, uh, so the first question was... Uh, you know, if you could uh, sell her 100 tins of one blend, 25 tins each of four blends, and so on and so on. We all remember those. Uh, and then the second question was, what would those blends be? Well, I'm going to answer both of those for me personally now. However, I'm going to cheat. And that's because I can. So I'm going to. Uh, so I would be happy. And I'm the rarity of the of the others that we heard from, but I am the rarity that if I had to, I could sell her 100 tins of one blend and be perfectly happy as long as it was my Acadian ribbon that I've been smoking for years and have a bunch of saved up and are aging some. Uh, so I would be, yeah, I would be perfect, perfectly happy with that one blend for the rest of my life. 
and I am the rarity out of all the uh, out of all the responses. I was surprised at all the the amount of responses that were ten tins of ten different blends. Uh, that kind of shocked me. All right. Now, if I had my uh, if I had my druthers, I would say that I would do a hybrid. I would do uh, ten tins each of five blends and fifty tins each of one blend. And here's what they would be: the fifty tins each would be my uh, Blakeney's Best Acadian Ribbon, no longer available, but. For the other five, I'm going to give you blends that are, are that are regularly available, and I would buy them, and I would be fine selling them. So I would do 10 tins each of the following five blends in no particular order. I would start out with Escudo, uh, just you know, regular current production Escudo. I would also add to that Orlick Golden Sliced as one of my... Uh, non-Virginia Periques. Uh, the Sutliff Crumble Cake uh, Virginia Perique, I would add that in because that's got a completely different taste profile than Escudo does and then the, uh, then the Acadian Ribbon, but I would get 10 tins of that. So that's three. Uh, the fourth one would be the McBaron HH Old Dark Fired. And again, that's a completely different profile. So now I've got two non-Perique blends in there that I, you know, really do enjoy. Uh, and then the fifth one, and this is where I don't know what I would choose. Uh, there's not much available right now that I really, really enjoy. I would be kind of torn between a uh, the Amphora Regular Aroma or the Brown Pouch. Uh, I would be, uh, the, the Amphora Virginia is good. Uh, you know, maybe it's something, uh, maybe the, uh, the C&D Carolina Red Flake uh, with Perique or without Perique. Uh, that would be a good option as well. Uh, but again, I'm trying to add in things that are currently available for me to build that stockpile with. If it wasn't available... Well, then I would, or, you know, if we go back to stuff that was not available anymore, well, then I'd add in uh, McCraney's Red Ribbon, probably the, uh, uh, probably the 2008 crop or the 2000 crop. I wouldn't go all the way back to the 93 crop because that's or the, uh, you know, the, the old stuff because that's gotten too mild or too soft for me. But again, that would, so that would kind of round out exactly what I'm doing here now, which is, one tin per week of my Acadian ribbon and a 50 gram tin of something else. Uh, maybe some McClellan 5100. Yeah, you know, I, I know it doesn't come in a tin, but you know what? Maybe I'll jar some up. Uh, but I'm doing that at home. I'm doing one tin of the Acadian ribbon and then one tin of something else. And now that the summertime is changed, you know, the weather's changing and we're coming into summertime, that's when I need that, or when I enjoy those Virginias. They're the, you know, the lighter, softer ones, so that's why I need those two, like an Orlick Golden Sliced or a uh, McCraney's Red Ribbon uh, or maybe a, a an HH Pure Virginia during the summertime. So I need a couple of those. I need a couple more Periques that are in different styles, maybe a little stouter because the Escudo is stouter than my Acadian Ribbon is. 
in some cases, I'd even say that the uh, Sutliff Virginia Perique crumble cake is stouter than the McClellan that I smoke. So that would kind of be my assortment, and I'll run them down again for you one more time. It would be the uh, Blakeney's Best Acadian Ribbon, no surprise there, Escudo, Orlick Golden Sliced, uh, Sutliff Virginia Perique crumble cake, uh, HH Old Dark Fired, and, you know, now that I think of it, I need that Virginia, the straight Virginia. So uh, the next production of the Cornell and Deal Carolina Red Flake that comes out, I'd grab that. That would be my six different blends, 50 of one, five, ten, you know, 10 of the, of the other five, and that would keep me perfectly happy. So there's my answer to that. Uh, and in just a moment, uh, Declan Pollard. This is Internet Radio. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell & Deal has been producing high-quality pipe tobacco, expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special Red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes Autumn Evening so well loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us for our first seven questions for a novice pipe smoker is a young pipe smoker, which I really like because, boy, we need more of you. So uh, feel free to start recruiting all your friends. Also, you're... At the time of recording, you're in Singapore, but you've been all over the world, I'm guessing. Um, but you, So we'll, we'll get to know you, but uh, Declan Pollard, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thanks for having me, Brian. All right, so first of all, tell us, you are a Caucasian person living in yeah. Singapore, and you're young, so how old are you, and how do you get to Singapore? So I'm 22. <laughs> um, I got to Singapore, sort of a story that begins before I was born. So my, my dad moved out here first, um, working for an energy company that went spectacularly defunct at the turn of the century. <laughs> you know, if you know, you know. <laughs> no, my no. mom came out here. Um, it, I think my dad was in Hong Kong. My mom came out here as well in like 95, 96 to work for um, the Wall Street Journal. Um, it, and so they met in Hong Kong. Um, and they married in Ireland because my mom's Irish, um, moved back to Hong Kong. And then three weeks after I was born in, in 98, they moved to Beijing when I moved with them. I mean, we lived in a small courtyard, uh, like a little tri you know, traditional Chinese house in, uh, in Hohai, which is just north of the center of the city in Beijing. Wow. Um, yeah, I, it, was, it, was, it was typically, you know, China in the 90s. They installed the boiler upside down. Cause it was Korean and uh, we didn't have any hot water for a good, a good couple months. And it was the middle of the winter and my mom got very fed up and said, we're moving down to Hong Kong again. My dad said, well, fair enough. 
moved down to Hong Kong. After a couple of years, we moved to Singapore for seven years. Then moved back to Hong Kong for three. Then uh, when I started middle school, we moved back to Singapore. Uh, and I stayed here all the way until I went off to university. Um, so I went to university in, in London, um, at the University College London. Um, and I graduated this year. And now I'm doing my mandatory national service in Singapore. So, so back up a second. So you're so you've got Irish and British parents. Yes, and American parents. And Amer and so you, I've got one passport with a few stamps on it. You've got multiple passports, and I'm sure you've got a few stamps in each one. How do you figure out which one you want to be that week when you're traveling? Uh, that's the fun part. So when I leave Singapore, because my residency, my permanent residency is always tied to Ameri my American passport, I leave on the American passport and then it just depends on where I'm going. So if I'm going to Europe, I enter in on the Irish passport. Obviously, if I'm going to the UK, it's no longer part of the EU, I use the UK passport. Um, but yeah, you can actually just switch you know, on the plane. 22 years old. I think I think we're talking to the young James Bond. I don't know. You, know, you have a whole stack. You have like a duffel bag full of different kinds of currencies all ready to go no matter where you land. We have a giant um, Tupperware container full of uh, like 30 passports because they keep expiring. We just keep them. And I have two other siblings plus my mom and my dad. Wow. So that's just a whole bunch of passports. All right, and now the next question. So growing up in between Hong Kong and Singapore, do you speak any other languages besides English? I speak Chinese, uh, Mandarin. Dang. All right. Okay. Well, you got you win. Um, <laughs> are you single, uh, women, uh, ladies out there? Are you single? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, no. Okay. Unfortunately, <laughs> for all the ladies out there. Yeah, well, there we go. All right, too bad. All right, so how does um, how does pipe smoking come into your life? So uh, when I was about 18, I started smoking cigars because um, my dad was a big cigar smoker. He would always pass through Bahrain, which has zero tobacco tax. Yeah. And he would always go home, you know, boxes and boxes of cigars for our humidor. Um, so I started smoking my dad, and then I went off to college, and it just got too damn cold in um, the U.K., to smoke a cigar outside. Uh, so I was like, huh, pipe smoking is kind of, you know, the next logical step because you've got something hot to hold in your hand <laughs> and doesn't last two hours or so I thought. Um, and uh, I could smoke it in the quad uh, and it'd be great. So I went down to JJ Fox's in um, London. Yeah. And that's always where I wanted to get my first pipe. I did a little research beforehand uh, and I got a Peterson. 914, which is the bent sort of, um, it's like an um pole, but it doesn't have so much of a bent. Okay. And um, in hindsight, definitely not the best place to go for pipe smoking. <laughs> They're mainly cigar shop. Because um, I got recommended um, an overpriced house mixture called Shrivington's Mixture, uh, <laughs> which was basically just rebranded 1Q. <laughs> so maybe it was tobacconist trial by fire to see if you were going to stick with it. I mean, it, it was, I think. I, I almost quit because it's, I mean, my 914, either the tobacco or the pipe, it smoked like a wet dog. I just <laughs> could not keep the thing lit up in, this, up in the smoking room at J.J. Fox. Um, but I actually kept at it because the tobacco smelled so good. I mean, everybody knows what 1Q smells like. Yeah. So, and and my, um, my roommate 
uh, at the time was this lovely Spanish kid named David. And he had no problem with me smoking in the room, even when he was there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the RA was a different story, but I started smoking in my room. Uh, and then, you know, I, uh, yeah, I started to love it after I got off the aromatics. I think British law pretty much forbids smoking inside anywhere, except if uh, the queen wants to do it in the palace. Yeah, uh, pretty much. J.J. Fox has gone around that, though, because uh, there's, a, there's a law in Britain that says you can sample a luxury product. So you can sample the cigar you bought from them in their sampling lounge. Bang. Uh, yeah. All right, well, let's jump into your first question, um, which you survived one cue in a fresh Peterson pipe. So uh, after getting started smoking a pipe, what was your aha moment that kind of clicked for you? Yeah. Um, so I was, I, I had just gotten a big 7LE. Um, I think it's a 113EX um, Roma. So, yeah. I mean, not an expensive pipe, but one that I really loved. And um, I got off the aromatics and I started smoking Dunhill uh, mixtures. Um, so this was right when they were going out of, uh, out of stock. And I got, um, I think my, my all-time favorite was um, Deluxe Navy Rolls. Mm -hmm. And um, I finally figured out how to dry out my tobacco, which was good. And I remember sitting down one night and packing my pipe full of um, Navy Rolls. And sitting there um, with the lights turned off or, or dimmed, and reading James Clavell's Taipan. And it was like, it was the perfect smoke. I mean, it was nice and fruity. I mean, everything in Virginia Perique should be. I was like, huh, I, I could do this. I like pipe smoking. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question number two. Uh, what tobaccos did you try based on a recommendation that you did not like? Oh yeah. One Q. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, Oh, I was, I kept going back to, um, to JJ Fox's cause I, I thought they knew, they knew what was up right. Um, with pipes. So they recommended me their, their Christmas mixture, which was like some shag cut, you know, uh, tobacco absolutely drenched in, in toppings. Um, <laughs> and it smoked like, like hell, <laughs> you know, probably hotter than hell. Um, yeah. So that was one I did not like. And then I stopped going back to JJ Fox's and I started doing all my shopping online. <laughs> so but you didn't yeah you didn't take any recommendations off of any uh, youtube videos or anybody that any friends of yours that said oh you need to try this it's the best and and it sucked being my age i mean i don't have any friends that put the smoke pipes um, unfortunately um i mean no just the guy at the at the counter there um not to rip on jj fox all that right. much I, I love them for cigars and they're an amazing amazing place in london with a lot of history um I watched a lot of um, Bradley's videos, stuff okay. and things on yeah. YouTube. Um, but he always recommended stuff I did like. Okay. Uh, like Durkar, um, Flake, and, uh, and Dunhill Deluxe Navy Rolls. And now we're talking, when, when you're in London, you, we're, we're talking pretty high dollars on the, on, well, high pounds on the pipe tobacco. So when you buy, a, when you buy some of it, that's, pretty, that's a pretty good commitment for it. Yeah. Um, I had to pick carefully, really. Yeah. Um, but I mean, compared to Singapore, London isn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I pay a dollar, one Singaporean dollar per gram here <laughs> in, uh, in Singapore. And in London, it was 15 pounds for 50 grams. And we had all sorts of stuff available. So I, I miss London. 
and and I gotta ask because I know Singapore is really strict on importation stuff, but duty free coming back into Singapore, you're not. I mean, there's no mail order. You're not allowed to carry a whole bunch in, are you? No, you're not allowed to carry any tobacco in, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, mail order you can do, uh, and before January of this year was not actually all that hard. Uh, you would just order in from smoking pipes and then they would tax it on the way in. But now they have a plain packaging law. So you actually have to find a retailer who will decant all your tins into plastic bags or Ziploc bags and then mail them to you. Otherwise, if the Singaporeans find it, they'll, they'll reject it at customs. Wow. All right. On that note, we will take a break right here. We'll catch our breath. Feel grateful that most of us are in the United States at the moment. And we'll be back with Declan in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark, and like you, there can only be one Savinelli. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, Singapore's own Declan Pollard, serving your serving your national duty. So, what all does that mean? You you're in the Singapore Army. Yes, I'm Army. So I'm a company medic in an infantry battalion. Um, it, yeah. And everybody, everybody at a certain age, you have to serve for how long? So everybody um, at either the age of eighteen or twenty. Basically, when you, when you finish um, their equivalent of high school, uh, you have to serve for two, two years, two months for most people. So two years, two months. Wow. Uh, two, two years or 22 months. Ooh. Uh, just depending on if you pass your, uh, your physical examination at the beginning. And, and this is like full-time service, not part-time back, you know, reserve stuff. You're, this is all you're doing for the next two years, uh, 22 to 24 months. Yeah. So it's... Um, it's usually five days a week. Uh, it's a full-time job. You stay in camp for most people, especially if you're in the infantry. Um, and then you just train. You train hard. Uh, uh, the Singaporeans are quite, um, they're quite aware of the, the political situation they're in in, in Southeast Asia, and, and uh, rightly so. Um, and so they train us quite hard. Wow. Yeah. All right. Another reason I'm glad I'm here. I did my tour of duty at Disneyland. Um, it was a little hard training. All right, question number three. How has your preference in pipes changed over your short time of pipe smoking? Is it you know bent versus straight, large, small? Do you have, have you developed preferences? I have, yeah. I think a lot of us, when we first start pipe smoking, we're really taken by, by the marketing and sort of the, the romantic view of, of pipe smoking is, you know, the thinking man, Peterson's thinking man, smoking the bent pipe, reading a book. Um, so I wanted a bent pipe when I first started smoking. Uh, and then I had that first 914. I didn't have a really good experience with it. Um, so I decided to change it up for my next purchase, which was that Savinelli straight mm -hmm. um, with a giant bowl. Uh, and the straight pipe worked better for me. It was easier to get the, the pipe cleaner down the stem. Smoked better. 
I'm not sure if that was because, you know, the last pipe was bent or if it was, you know, <laughs> just a, <laughs> if it was just a dud. Um, yeah, so I, I automatically favored straight pipes. And then I started getting into, into Costello's and, and their straight pipes. Um, I just fell in love. Uh, large versus small. I started very, very big. Uh, I remember I met one of my American friends, uh, actually an American pipe smoker in London. And uh, he saw my pipe. He's like, that thing is a monster. I'm like, really? I didn't realize it was big. <laughs> uh, but it, easily I'd be able to smoke it for three, three, uh, three hours. Wow. All right. Question number four. What was your holy grail pipe when you started smoking a pipe? And what is it now? Um, definitely the Costello 1982 Great Line. Because uh, when I first started getting into um, Costello's, uh, uh, Sykes Wilford, who runs Smoking Pipes, had just done a little feature with Patrick Ireland about um, that specific run of pipes. And it just sounded amazing. You know, they had kept these pieces of briar in the factory since 1982. They were going to be used for their very famous flame series. But they realized that the guy who made the flame um, series was retiring. And he couldn't make so many because they were incredibly intensive. Um, and uh, they started to use these really high quality blocks for great line pipes. I was like, wow, I really want one of those. Um, so I bought one actually this month. <laughs> <laughs> holy grail achieved. And now do we have a new holy grail or are you still enjoying that one? Um, so I, I'm not enjoying it yet. Um, I'm keeping it in, in Italy. Um, until I figure out where I'm going after uh, university. Um, my new Holy Grail. Gosh. Uh, probably um, another Costello. Uh, a Costello Epoca. Which okay. is their old uh, 80s wax drip pipe, which my girlfriend hates. Thinks it's the <laughs> ugliest pipe around. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, she doesn't have she doesn't have to like your pipe. She just has to like you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. What is your What are a few of your favorite guests from the past episodes, and why? Uh, Mike and Mary McNeil, hands down. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Yeah, you did a three part series on them yeah. uh, three years ago now, and uh, that was great. Those are my favorite episodes of all time. What was it that you liked about them? I mean, just the way that that especially Mary talked about tobacco. Um, you could both tell they were super passionate about their jobs. Uh, and it made me super sad uh, that I did not get to try as many McClellan's as, as I should have, because I came in right as they were um, closing shop. Uh, and, you know, I, I transitioned into Virginia's um, after I, I did my little English run for the first two months, three months. And um, McClellan's Virginia's are the best around where they were. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was I was sad about that, and then Sykes Wilford too. Um, I really like when Sykes comes on the show, because of course he's the he's the head of that giant six hundred pound gorilla, which is smoking pipes. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's funny to see his his take on things, and he's been around the block a couple times, obviously. Yeah, it's fun to it's fun to get him nailed down just to talk about pipes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your favorite thing to do while smoking a pipe? reading um so um recently i've been reading um the, the new costello book uh, okay. which which has been um uh, sort of uh, that's been a great read 
Um, but usually, like, um, I really like history. I majored in history. So um, I was reading uh, this series by Colleen McCullough on Rome recently. Uh, so that's what I, I usually read, history. So you can smoke your Costello pipes and talk about Rome and read about Rome and Rome burning. Yeah, I'm definitely not 22. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think many young people that come to pipes are into the traditional young people things. Um, I, I'm just. I'm just guessing. Uh, what are you going to do after university? What do you want to do? Yeah. So um, I, I already graduated this year. Uh, I'm, I want to go to law school after I finish my my service. So I'm studying for the LSAT now uh, while in uh, in the service. And where do you want to practice law in Singapore? No, um, I think uh, I've, I've seen enough of Asia. I've lived here my entire life. I've never, ever lived in the United States. So that's that's where I'm going, despite me having the accent and uh, <laughs> you know, the American parents. The, the very <laughs> slight accent. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, now it's time to turn the tables. Uh, you get to ask me a question, anything you want. So I want to take one from um, sort of these these recent seven questions that you've been asking people. Mm -hmm. If you had a historical figure to smoke a pipe with, who would it be and what do you ask them? Yeah, so I've got two of them. One I'll save for one I'll save for later. Um, or yeah, uh, you know, I think it would be. I, I think I would love to actually sit down and just talk and smoke a pipe with Mark Twain. Uh, yeah. With Samuel Clemens. I would, you know, I, I think I would like to do it not in Connecticut, but in Missouri near, you know, on the Mississippi where, you know, where his childhood formation was. And, yeah. uh, you know, just, sit back and listen to him and I'm sure he'd be gruff and surly and and grumpy and crotchety but man it would be fun uh, it would be yeah you get uh, you get the uh, maybe an idea of the inception of um, Tom Sawyer yeah, Tom Sawyer being a topical uh, you know a topical boy coming of age kind of story I you know just his just how does you know, how does somebody take what's going on and turn it and and create the American realism, the entire genre of it, and at the same time keep a sense of humor about it? Yeah. Uh, you know, sure. I'd like to also tell him what's going on with the country and see what he thinks of it because that might be, be quite interesting. Cynical. <laughs> be super cynical. Like it's, it's gone to the dogs. <laughs> That's what Twain would say. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also kind of the fear of, you know, meeting somebody like that and wondering, uh, you know, maybe he's not so nice or maybe it wouldn't be so much fun. Um, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think it would be much about the pipe because I think to him, tobacco, whether it be a pipe or a cigar, was the tool, you know, that he, that he smoked. And, yeah, it wouldn't be that much about a pipe, really. He'd be, he'd be a real old timer, you know. Yeah, his pipes would be beat up. His pipes would be beat up. His cigars would be chewed and spit out, you know. And yeah, yeah. It, it'd just be old and old and funky and nasty. Um, I, do you have somebody from the past that you'd like to 
sit and smoke a pipe with? I mean, along the the Mark Twain line of thinking, probably Rudyard Kipling. Yeah, who was he was a huge friend of of Mark Twain's, and I'd, I'd probably ask him to recite Mandalay for me. <laughs> and he'd probably go, "I don't remember that. I wrote it. What do I?" Well, exactly. Yeah, we, we've somehow you know grown attached to it. Yeah, except he'd say it with a British accent. Um, yeah, and, and much better than I would have said it. Um, law school here in the U.S. Have you picked out one that you're kind of aiming towards? Because there's a lot of professors that listen to the show, so it might help. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking very seriously about Columbia and um, Cornell. Okay, so New York State. Yes, so I want to practice in New York, um, and and uh, Cornell is such a romantic feel for me especially up there in the gorges and um, overlooking the whole campus is of course um, Sagan's old house. Yeah. Um, in, in Egyptian archi architecture. I think that, I don't know why I've gravitated towards, towards canal. Definitely not for that, for that specific reason, but it's just a very cool place. Two different, two completely different fields. One is metropolitan Manhattan and the other one is upstate in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've, I have a connection to Columbia too. My, my dad went there to play football. Um, so we always went there when we were visiting New York. Um, yeah, some of my earliest memories are actually from the campus uh, and, and seeing Eisenhower up there in, in the in the um, in the library and um, knowing no uh, having no idea who he was at, at eight. Do you still have some of your cold weather clothes from London? Uh, I do, but um, I think London's cold weather and the U.S.'s cold weather are two different animals. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, Singapore never gets cold. That's true. That's true. It's constantly hot here. I'm sweating right now. Yeah. Have you noticed a change in your in your pipe tobacco and and how your pipe smoke between the the difference of the London weather and the Singapore weather? Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to smoke a pipe here because it's always humid, eighty five to ninety percent, real humidity. Um, so your pipes will go out more often in Singapore than in the UK. Um, obviously my choice of tobacco is quite curtailed here. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple things. Uh, I mean, most notably I have germanes here, which, um, you Americans <laughs> can't get, um, except in the form of esoterica. Um, so, um, I've been smoking a lot of that Hampton flake, um, 1820 flake, uh, did the same in, in, in the UK. Um, so other than, other than sort of the, the detriment of the humidity and the price of tobacco, it's the same as smoking tobacco in the UK. And, and the fact that you, you can leave your tobacco open all year long and it's going to get wetter than it is. Yes. <laughs> so It'll probably grow some mold. Yeah. So keep that lid closed so it stays nice and dry. All yeah. right. We will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. The traditional ones. Are you ready? ready currently what is your favorite pipe uh this 23 from costello in natural virgin and that that's the one that gets smoked most often now yeah i've had it for uh two weeks and i've smoked it <laughs> pretty much every time i smoked a pipe all right so how many pipes do you own now 10 all right so you're, you're building a good rotation yeah some of which are from costello i'm a bit of a fanboy <laughs> well you got the book you may as well be um, yeah what is your favorite tobacco um hampton flake 
and that's the germain that is made just for southeast asia and the or the, or the yeah. for, the former british protectorates yeah for some reason you can only get it in um singapore and taiwan i asked germains about it last night actually i sent them a, an email it's like huh when are you guys going to bring this to the uk and they said huh, never <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> silence come over yeah. to the isle of man where we are we've got it um which is kind of a little duty free zone if i remember right but all right yeah. where's i'd go yeah what is your favorite drink uh woodford reserve are you able to get american bourbon in in singapore you are um my father is a big bourbon guy so we have a, a closet full <laughs> so you don't have to buy it you just have to raid it you just have to raid dad's closet hey dad this is pretty good <laughs> yeah just add a little more white water in there and it'll raise the bottle up and he'll never know the difference uh, it is uh so i guess in in singapore the american bourbons and whiskeys have kind of taken off yeah and um japanese whiskey Okay. I remember being in Japan in 2016 and, you know, you could get a bottle of Hibiki for, well, a whole lot less than it is now. <laughs> um, so the Chinese love the Japanese whiskey now. You can hardly get it for an affordable price here in Singapore. Wow. All yeah. right. Uh, so that was favorite drink. I kind of forgot where we were. Um, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Book. Obviously. And probably a, a book on history. Yeah. Uh, Roman history, preferably, yeah. or Greek. Have you, uh, well, and let me back up to the drinks, because have you gotten into the tea culture? And... Uh, not in the UK. No, I'm, I'm big into coffee, though. Um, London is great for coffee. Yeah. Uh, so I had, like, a subscription service, and they would just send, you know, freshly roasted sort of grounds from, or not grounds, whole beans from uh, like Ethiopia, Rwanda, all those places, and I loved it. Um and it's, the coffee culture isn't as strong here. So I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to a place like, uh, you know, London or, or the U.S. Yeah, I, I would imagine Singapore is more of a tea culture than than coffee. You, you'd think. They've kind of thrown off or they've tried to throw off all British influence a little bit. <laughs> um, so they, they don't drink a whole lot of tea. And then, and as hot as it is there, maybe some iced tea. Um, yeah, bubble which works good with a pipe. Uh, finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about? Um, yeah, yeah. I went to um, Hong Kong for an internship uh, two years ago uh, for a good three months. And uh, I smoked one night with the Pipe Club of Hong Kong. Oh, wow. Uh, I think I put it on Pipes Magazine, actually, that photo. It's absolutely amazing. Um, it's all these old Chinese guys around this you know, big Chinese table with a lazy Susan. Um, it was in the upstairs VIP room of a seafood restaurant that one of them owned. And um, we just smoked pipes since the night. They had like a, a gastronomic experience uh, because they brought in all these delicacies. Uh, and, and one guy had even taken, do you know the wine that they make out of uh, the skin of grapes? I forget what it's called. Yeah. Almost like. It's kind of like a, like a fortified wine of some sort. Yeah, uh, it's it's quite it's quite a bit stronger than regular wine, but somebody had stuffed a peppercorn inside for three months, <laughs> and we drank that. Um, but yeah, it was just an amazing night, uh, and I, I got to, I got to talk to like a distributor for um, Dunhill in uh, China, 
um, and Costello there. Um, and I tried a lot of funky things. <laughs> and did they share tobacco the same way we would at like a pipe club meeting or a pipe show? Yeah, they did. Um, so I, I put my, uh, my plum pudding on the table and they, they had like their, uh, I forget what the, what the blend was called, but something rooster. It was an aromatic lazy rooster or something Exhausted like that. Exhausted rooster. Exhausted rooster. That's it. Um, I introduced them to smoking pipes. Actually, a lot of them had no idea that was a thing uh, that you can mail order tobacco. Huh. And customs is a bit, is a bit lazy sometimes. Um, so, uh, you know, you might be able to get things tax free. Yeah. One Singapore dollar per gram converted. So that's like 70, I think it's 70 US dollars, 60 US dollars. Uh, it's um, 40, 435. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 40. Yeah. All right. So if anybody's swinging through Singapore, um, drop off some. Well, don't tell anybody that you've got tobacco with you. Um, <laughs> It, this has just been this has been fun and amazing. And uh, Declan, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for doing this. Keep up the good work. When you get to law school here in the U.S., give me a holler. We'll get together. I'll I'll come up and we'll hang out for a pipe or two. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Brian. And we'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm, smoking pipes in faithful service of the hobby. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. And I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, the first of uh, multiples. And again, a great response. Thank you very much to everybody that emailed me. I've recorded with a bunch of you so far. And we'll just be sprinkling these in over the over the next couple of months. One here, one there. Uh, just a lot of fun. And a lot of really, again, with the, you know, the people in the pipe world, there's something interesting or fascinating about every one of us. None of us are, uh, none of us are really your average people. All right, for music, we are going off the uh, pipe smoking routine. However, this was recommended to me by a pipe smoker, and uh, thanks to Charlie for sending this to me because I'd never heard it before. But uh, Alan Parsons uh, put out an album, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and uh, this one, it's the the album is the secret. The song is the sorcerer's apprentice that's a little longer than what i would normally play it's just over five and a half minutes but this is alan parsons doing his version of the sorcerer's apprentice and i am and i went down an alan parsons project uh rabbit hole for a while there and was listening to a bunch of stuff and this one uh, i really like it so here you go
The album is called Alan Parsons, The Secret, uh, released in 2019. And there's an awful lot going on in that one little piece of music that he did. And still, just absolutely wonderful. Message from the dark side there is. And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email them to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com, or post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com. You can uh, send them to me via Instagram or Facebook, or, uh, I don't know, any other way that you can think of that I might actually receive it. So, uh, sometimes not so good at receiving stuff. Uh, going back to last week's show, which apparently there was a problem with the iTunes upload for some people. I didn't have any problem with it. Worked fine for me. Uh, Casey Ghost says this was a superb ep- episode. John David Cole was a great interview. The guy knows tobacco like nobody's business. He gave answers that were easy to understand, and you could even relate to them. It is amazing that someone under 40 is really such a tobacco expert that he could be on this show, but he is. So... Five out of seven excellent shows on your experts is a pretty good percentage. Thank you. And then uh, Casey Go says, Donald Duck Dunn and Albert King aren't a shabby pairing when it comes to music. Yeah, not, not too shabby there. Uh, not, uh, not at all. Uh, let's see. Also, uh, going back, uh, Nathan wrote, John David Cole is one class guy and always a great interview. His heartfelt reminiscence about his former friend's gift of a pipe and hope of reconciling was very touching and emblematic of the eternal hope that lies within. Uh, Lastly, the Columbus Pipe Show is a go for August. What are the odds that you'll be able to make it up? I'm going to, I'm 90, 90%, 90%. That's where I'm at. I, I really don't see too much of a reason from holding me back unless... I don't know, unless something comes up, maybe a free trip to uh, Europe or something. You know, anybody want me to come to Europe? Just send me a plane ticket. Uh, And then he says, uh, thanks again for the show. Yours and the Squires are the two mainstays that I love to listen to every week. And then uh, Jim wrote in, a great show with John David Cole. I have been nagging him for a show on Shackleton and Tom Crean for a while as heroic pipe smokers. Uh, Shackleton and Tom Crean are legendary explorers and pipe smokers. Peterson honored them with pipes in the Explorer series from several years ago. I have the Shackleton pipe, a nice brandy. Wasn't there also a Shackleton whiskey? Um, Anyway, Uh, during their time on the ice, seeking a way to survive their group, separated some making an attempt to reach South Georgia Island and help others staying behind. Uh, They ran out of tobacco and tried the following. Uh, In desperation, they boiled all of their pipes along with uh, senna grass, the same kind of grass they used to line and insulate their boots. Their hope was that the cake and dottle from the pipes would dissolve in the boiling water and infuse the senna grass with a flavor roughly able to substitute for tobacco. The experiment was an utter failure, Seaweed finely chopped pipe bowls and seal meat also proved to be unsatisfactory tobacco substitutes. But the investigation kept the crew interested for some time and thinking intently about something other than how Shackleton's party was faring. Anyway, their story is incredible. You should be able to find abundant information and photos. If I can offer other info, let me know, Jim. 
Well, Jim, thank you. Uh, thanks for sending this in. We've uh, chatted a little bit back and forth about it, but I'm not sure how I feel about seal meat being smoked in my pipe. Might be the strangest thing I've ever heard of smoked in a pipe. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, guess it kind of reminds me of uh, you know friends back in high school trying to smoke remnants of bowls and whatever was in it. Um, again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, if you're uh, going traveling and need uh, suggestions or guidance, reach out to me. Happy to help. Can't book it for you, but I can uh, make sure you're not doing anything that would be silly or cost uh, or expensive. Uh, did make it back this past weekend. Uh, made it back from L.A. for my sister's wedding. Um, highlight of the wedding found a the courtyard by marriott in simi valley had a beautiful outdoor smoking area with some shade and then some trees and uh really accommodating and a fire pit at night for when it got cool so uh, that was really beneficial and uh, while i was there there was a little coffee place right nearby that made a really good cup of coffee so that's the uh that's the highlight <laughs> highlights of the trip oh yeah and there was a wedding too and i officiated the wedding and it was and it went off without a hitch so there you go all right rant time coming up next this is phil morgan general manager of missouri meersham corncob pipes in washington missouri our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Listeners, how many times have you heard me say if you want to advertise on this fine program, reach out to Kevin at PipesMagazine.com. That's K-E-V-I-N at PipesMagazine.com. How many times have you heard me say that? A few, right? Well, so the past couple of years, I don't know when it started. I don't know how it started. But for some reason, both Kevin and I get emails to our at PipesMagazine.com uh, email addresses from these, uh, I don't know what you call them, um, uh, other websites that want to place links in our articles. Yeah, they say, see this article on pipesmagazine.com? We will pay for you to place a link to our article that is related to it. Well, here's two of them that I remember in particular that I thought, well, obviously these people don't know what the hell they're doing because they're sending me this email and I don't sell, I don't do anything with the website at all. I don't know any of the website stuff or whatever. I go on the forums and that's it. I read the articles. That's it. I don't control anything. Um, but they also don't know what the article. They don't know what they're doing because oftentimes, and these are the two that stick out in my mind. Uh, one was a guy that does uh, that does uh, that wants to sell leather shoes or link to his article about leather shoes when somebody was talking about the best leather uh, leather roll up for pipes. So they wanted to put their link for leather shoes into a leather roll-up thing because I think they just did a search and found leather. 
Uh, the other one was for uh, dog training, how to train your dog. And it was in response to a thread a while back about uh, walking and smoking a pipe, uh, walking your dog and smoking your pipe. So the guy wanted to link to that article on dog training. Now, this goes on probably two, three times a week and sometimes more than that. And I get, you know, I just delete them now. I don't even pay attention to them. But these are now uh, the new latest spammers that I try to block just for fun. And, of course, they keep using different email addresses. And they'll even reply back saying, hey, we haven't heard from you. Well, I just blocked your email address. Nope, it's a whole different email address. So there you go. All right, comments, questions, again, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. I will keep everybody up to date on when the uh, JDRF items and uh, will be up for sale and on uh, Steve's pipe stud listings on eBay, I promise you. Uh, if you get a chance, please go over to iTunes and leave a rating or a review. That would be much, 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 much appreciated. We really do, uh, those ratings and reviews really do help the show, so go over there and leave those and continue to share the pipes magazine radio show all right thank you very much to uh, declan for joining me thank you all for tuning in and until next time who cares about the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy trails to you Mr. Kodjata Binks, Mr. Your Humble Servant. That won't be necessary. Oh, but it is. It is demanded by the gods, it is. <laughs> <laughs>